This episode is sponsored by Vittles. This episode is brought to you by Vittles. Best goddamn coffee right here in Bradford, Vermont. Brewing it up there at the drive through espresso stand. It's just right by that light. Only one in the whole goddamn county there, so it's pretty easy to see. It's a big espresso sign right there. Or you can go to Main Street there in Bradford, and you can pop in, get yourself a bagel, get yourself a cup of coffee. Hey, have a mocha. You could have... Anything you want, latte, cappuccino, if you're old-timey folk. Anyways, best gosh darn coffee, go and get you some. They roast it up there in Corinth, Vermont, in the backwoods, and yep, it's pretty damn good. Vittles, check it out, vittlesvt.com, or find them on social media. God darn it. Attention, local business owners and event organizers. We want to run an ad for you. Do you want to promote your business? product, class, or event to hundreds of listeners in the Upper Valley and Washington County, we want to run an ad for you. Email us at thefullvermontypod at gmail.com to inquire about running an ad on the Full Vermonty Podcast, Vermont's number one podcast. Do you have an ad that you want Ravi to read in one of his signature funny voices? <laughs> what about an ad that needs Luke to put in a crazy sound effect like this? Or like this? We want to run an ad for you. Email us at thefullvermontypod at gmail.com for more information on promoting your brand on Vermont's number one podcast, The Full Vermonty. I don't know why that got me. <laughs> how you doing, bud? Hey, bud. How you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. Hey, welcome back to the Full Vermonti Podcast, episode number 44. 44? I don't know. I believe it's 44. <laughs> Recording this on the 16th of January, 2023. Nice. First episode of the new year. I, well, Oh, first, we had our guestless episode. Yeah, yeah. solo episode last Yeah. Week. Yeah. How you doing, bud? Not too bad. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Doing pretty good, I guess. Um, hey, I want to give uh, give Cross Molina Farm a shout out. Hey, I work there. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> What's up? What did we do? Had some uh, beef tongue tacos oh, last yeah. night out of uh, a Cross Molina cow tongue. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. It was super good. La lingua. La lingua. Tacos. Awesome, man. Yeah, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to make. So yeah, it was delicious. Excellent. Go get yourself some uh, lesser known cuts of meat, I guess, that folks. Absolutely. You know? Not lesser known, but I think less uh, respected. Less popular. Less popular. You know, I, I've been eating a lot of ham steaks lately just because it's oh, like- okay. It's so easy, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, if you you know preheat your oven to like three fifty, you can just throw your ham steak in there, still frozen, nice. and they're smoked, they're cooked, you know. Yeah. So it's just an easy, quick and easy little dinner there. Um, but yeah, for lesser known cuts, um, we have jowl that's sliced like bacon, the best. Yeah, or we have jowl just in its you know in like a chunk, so you can mm-hmm. cut off how however much you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've been turning a lot of people on, on to, to jowl who have never had jowl meat before, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that's a fun one. Yeah, it's good. Tongue was really good. I've got a, I think I've got a heart in the freezer. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, uh, on the chopping block here pretty soon, I think. So yeah. Nice. Shout out to Cross Molina Farm. <laughs> oh, thanks bud. Yeah, totally. Um, well, so you guys, I'm, I missed it. You guys had your out, out in Bradford event on Friday. We did. Yeah. And I saw that, um. Uh, past guests of the show and, and good friends of ours, Jess and Driscoll, were doing food for that. They were, yeah. What, what did they do? I really bummed I missed it. <clears throat> I also missed it. Okay. Um, Baby Gilbert was not in a good mood. Good way that day. He was yeah. not. And I was uh, getting close to bedtime, I think, by the time we would have left. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, I didn't go either. Mm. Uh, we made it a few minutes down the road and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> we decided to go back home. But um, yeah, I think it went pretty well. But they made, um, I don't know, just a bunch of awesome Korean food. So yeah. Anytime I've had food from them from Sansong Kitchen, it's been 
Excellent. Yeah, they so, kill it. So yeah, but yeah, I guess it went it went okay. So right on. Going to keep doing it once a month, and uh, I think we're going to do some other like sort of we call them like kitchen takeovers. Yeah. Um, cool. Try to make it like a, a few times a month, or I mean, eventually like once a week would be nice. But um, with them and some other people have shown interest who are uh, cooks and chefs in the local area. So cool. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. I had um I made soup last night with okay. cross Molina carrots. So cool. sweet. <laughs> maybe I'll take Duke. Maybe you can bring me in for a soup takeover. Yeah, just sure. make everybody soup. We should. We should a nice do that. hearty soup. We'll do that uh, chili cook off. Yeah, or something. Anything else you want to get to our guest? Well, I do. I don't have anything else other than saying thanks to everyone that's been listening to and supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, rating us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcast really helps. Definitely helps. Really big. Um, people that have made donations, thank you. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, truly thank you. Um, that's it. I just wanted to say that. Big Definitely. big shout out and thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting the show. We really appreciate yeah. it. Go on. Let's go another year. Yeah. At least. <laughs> Cool. All right. Uh, Our guest today, a dad, a partner, an arborist, a non-licensed forester, a logger, and a garlic farmer. Hey, it's a local as well. Ben Rubenfeld. What's happening, Ben? Hey, guys. Hey, Ben. (laughs) How's it going? Nice to be here. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing doing peachy. A little sleepy, you know. Got the little guy at home giving us heck. But all good. How old is the little fella? He's nine months old right now. Ooh. Yeah. He just took his first steps last night. Little baby Whoa. steps. Little oh, baby my steps. God. Holy yeah. cow. That's yeah. awesome. It's a little early, so I think he's probably dumb in some other areas. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's giving a sack, and yeah, it was cool. That was a big moment, just kind of like. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, just seeing a little baby be like, oh, I'm a human. It's pretty cool. I'm so excited, but I also am like, I can wait. Oh, yeah. Our house is in shreds, man. It's in shambles. <laughs> the kid's just like doing laps, ripping it apart. It's pretty fun, though. Apparently, um, like three months is the the newborn phase. Yeah. So mm-hmm. tomorrow is the end yeah. of Kendall. When, when Kendall listens to this, she'll probably start crying. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, tomorrow's yeah. the end of newborn phase for us. Yeah. yeah. What's it's the, wild. What's the phase after newborn phase? I think just ba- baby, baby. Because yeah. I've heard of the terrible twos, right? Yeah, there's so like a bunch of like, like a, little I'm not squishies sure. and roly polies and creepy crawly sort of things. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like they, I don't know. And, and I think they're all a little different. Like they all roll, they all flow through that stuff differently. And he's trying to roll. He's trying right, real hard. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work to roll over. You get you get turtled on your back yeah, like you that. And, got that big melon of a head yeah. compared to the rest yeah. of your body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear it. Babies. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Ben, I'm going to ask you a question here. And yeah. it's not the question that we always start the show off with, but it's a question that has to be asked. So when we are sound checking the episode before we start, I always like to ask people what they had for breakfast um, when we're sound checking the mics and the headphones. And you gave gave me a pretty interesting answer there. So would you be uh, comfortable sharing that information with the podcast? What did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> yeah, I'll ben? share. I'll share that. Um, you know, it's a unique blend. It's not proprietary. <laughs> I actually learned it on. It you should know, be. You know Ben Machen? He's, yeah. He's, he's actually a, a licensed forester up in Corinth, Red Star yeah. Forestry. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Ben turned me on to getting a little weird in the morning. And so, <laughs> so – um, my breakfast consists of one cup of rolled oats, and then I I cook that up, and I crush a couple of cloves of garlic on the cutting board and chop those up. And when my oats are done, I take the top off the lid, off the pot, and I toss the garlic in, put the top back on so it kind of like steams up a little bit. Uh, I might throw a little flaked coconut in there at the same time just oh, to get wow, weird. Wow. Uh, you know, that this – it's a th- it's a work in progress, and then and then so I I take it out, put it in my bowl, I put a little pat of butter in there. Yep. Um, and then I get the peanut butter action going. <laughs> okay, and this I, is where it gets a little weird. Yeah, I do. Everybody's into their own thing. I grate it's like some garlic sea and salt. coconuts. Normal. Yeah, that's normal. And then some salt, <laughs> and then I put like sunflower seeds and 
pumpkin seeds and some flax in there. And, huh. and I might even ha- hit it up with a little maple syrup on top, mm. you know. Well, of course. A little nutritional yeast if I want to get weird. Oh, wow. Oh, dude. Wow, wow. It's, it's madness. And, yeah, that's, yeast and nobody and runs butter. for kissing either. Like, <laughs> it keeps the girls away. <laughs> Solid. And I, I've have experimented quite a bit with it. And, like, I have given myself quite bad belly aches from eating too much garlic, raw garlic mm. for breakfast. So I – I always tell people to go go easy on that. Yeah, I uh, I ate a, a whole clove the other day of just a raw piece, mm. and it was it was too much. But, it was the wrong kind of garlic to mm, eat. You know, mm. whole the old Russian red. You know, mm. that'll get you get you the sweats. Those pesky Russian reds. Yeah. You know, they'll get you. <clears throat> so I think we all know. I mean, like, there's a lot of benefits to having raw garlic. That's obviously really good for you. And I've had a savory, I've had a savory oat breakfast before, and of course, I've had my oats with peanut butters, mixing yeah. some nuts and all yeah. that good stuff. But I've never thought to combine the garlic and the coconut and the peanut butter. Go low and slow, okay? Just <laughs> just ease into it, bud. Because I've had a couple people who have experimented also, and they've there's been negative feedback, but. I think, you know, I think uh, Amanda actually started rolling a little garlic in her oats in the morning, too. And she says okay. she, she's kind of like coming around to it. And that way we can give each other garlic kisses. Mm. Okay. That yeah. <laughs> hey, I got to give a shout out to uh, Amanda, your yeah. partner, Amanda, real quick, for this uh, wonderful, uh, this is like a quart, I think. Yeah, right? it's a yeah. quart. A yeah. quart of uh, bear grease. Oh, nice. Man. Finest bear grease renderer in the, this side of the Mississippi, I think. So she knows her business. I so mean, shout I, out yeah, to Amanda. Shout out to Amanda. But anybody can do that at home. They can uh, find their local game processing station. Our shout out to Dave Macklem up oh, on yeah, yeah. Gosh or Fairgrounds Road. Fairground he, Road he, yeah. he processes a lot of bears, mm-hmm. and he um, he's he's really into the utilization of these animals. And most hunters. Throw that stuff away. Yeah, totally. And he sets a pile of bear fat aside for a man and she mm. goes down there and then she renders it up and spreads the love. So that wasn't a bear that you guys got. That was a bear someone else got and he had saved Correct. the yeah. fat for you. Yeah, I don't I don't bear hunt. I'm a deer hunter, but uh bears, yeah, there's there's a lot of bears in the area and they're and they're getting harvested and it's just uh there's a lot of cool uses for that stuff amongst yeah. cooking and I'm gonna mm-hmm. put a little in my mustache. Yep, right exactly. Now. You know, a little dry yeah. chapped chapped area right here. So the, you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna get get in on it right now. Cree Indians say you rub it in your hair for good thoughts. Mm. So you know, I've got a I've got a tube of Aquaphor here on the table for my bro. fresh tattoos. Do you think I Dude, should put some of that bear grease on yeah. there? Yeah, my tattoo artist is probably listening. And Is I that bet okay? they want should some I, bear should grease. Should I put some bear grease yeah, on Yeah, bear here? grease it. Yeah, I, <laughs> want some grease? I would. Yeah, I, I would grease it I'd up. I'd say that's yeah. the safest thing to do, actually. Cool. This cool, is cool. awesome to cook with. I love cooking yeah. with this. Yeah. Hey, so let's uh, let's get back to- uh, Back to business. Back now to that business. we've talked about your breakfast. Yeah. In bear grease yeah. and all that. <laughs> got all that got the stuff. important things out of the way. You should throw some bear grease in your uh, oats. Man. That's a step too far for you, huh? have gone too far. <laughs> That's too far. Yeah. Coconut and garlic and peanut butter. That's where he draws the line. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, this is a Vermont podcast, we like to say. So, uh, hey, are you a Vermonter? Take it however you want. I am. Yeah. Yeah, I am. What, is that, what does that mean to you? Uh, it just, I think a Vermonter is a person who feels attached to where they live mm-hmm. and, they, and they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel the love and they have like a nice community and and you can just go about your days in comfort and not feel angsty about being a Vermonter. <laughs> my, you know, my parents weren't Vermonters. Mm-hmm. So where do they hail from? My, my mom came out of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. My dad came out of Queens, out of Rockaway Beach, Queens. And uh, they crawled up here in this early 70s and they never really left and mm-hmm. there's that saying you know like a cat can have her kittens in the oven but that doesn't make them muffins <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if you've heard that great so, saying exactly yeah. so like i'm i'm one of those kittens and but a, dang it i'm a muffin <laughs> <laughs> that's all i know so i don't know yeah when they came up here from new york did they settle right here in this area or did they settle uh elsewhere in vermont uh, my mom was actually across the river in like the lime area okay. she was a teacher kindergarten teacher my dad ended up he was like leading outdoor kids camps and 
adventures and stuff. And I think he had some buddies that ended up in the upper Valley and then they found each other and ended up in Bradford. So they didn't come up here together. They did not. Oh. And yeah, they met cool. at a contra dance in Norwich. Oh, wow. Contra yeah. dances. Yeah. I see those very often. No. I think there should be less dating apps and more contra dances. Amen, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in the dating world, but uh, that, that seems like a, a pretty good thing. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. I'm going to make that statement, stand by it, and let's move on <laughs> next. Fair enough. Um, you are a uh, a kitten and a muffin of the area, <laughs> yes. whatever we want to say. Yeah. Um, I'm not on my game this morning. <laughs> Me either. We're all in goofy moods today, bud. Sorry. We got it. No, yeah. join the club. <laughs> Glad I could find oh, you guys. But uh, you grew up around here. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, I had a pretty great childhood. Um, lived on a, live on a dirt road. I live in the same house that I grew up in. Oh, no kidding. Um, bought that from my parents about 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, there was actually like kids in the neighborhood when I was little and we kind of just ran amok. That's kind of one of the things that I really remember is just running amok and Riding bikes around and building forts and getting dirty. And my mom had a cowbell. She would step out on the front steps and nice. hammer on this cowbell, ding a ling a ling a ling. And we, you know, when it was dinner time or whatever, and we'd all we could hear that thing for a mile. And so that was that was great. I remember having some like city experiences, you know, mm-hmm. going to the city and stuff. And what do you mean, like Montpelier? Oh, yeah, how about Montpelier, West Lebanon? Um, yeah, West Lebanon, you know, City. No, like going to New York City and Boston and kind of being being like, oh, this isn't this isn't where I live. You know, this isn't home. And just, yeah, kind of feeling from a pretty early age, like that's not where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be up here. Was it like intimidating or was it exciting, that difference? The city? Yeah. I, I like mayhem. Yeah. But it was – it always felt so good to come home and just be like, oh, just – So even at a young age, you yeah. recognize that for sure. Yeah, definitely. So did you ever get out get out and about like after high school or anything like that? Did you leave? Did you travel? What would you um, do? Yeah. One of the things that I'm very fortunate for is I took a, my junior year of high school. I went and lived in New Zealand for a year. Oh, I was oh, wow. an exchange student there. I think probably my parents were stoked to get rid of the 15-year-old me um, and then receive home a 16-year-old me. But, like, that was a that was a huge turning point in my life. Now, real quick, too, yeah. uh, before we go into that, did you have uh, brother, sisters? I have an older brother. I have a younger sister. Okay. A middle child. So you weren't leaving them alone alone. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. Yeah. And so, yeah, fly your kid across the world and hang out with a bunch of strangers and a strange family and a strange school. And that was just a trip that just to like see that whole there's all these kids from around the world that were in the program. And just to be like, wow, there's kids, there's people just like me all over the world. And like they don't speak my language or whatever, but like they're all really cool. And I think that was something that has been a real foundation for me of just like openness and accepting and 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 sometimes that's lacking in you know in the in the the rural setting i was gonna ask mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i and it's like well just you get stuck in a rut and you don't know that there's all this stuff out there and that you know for a 15 year old to just have your head explode like that and just like oh my god there's all these places to go and see and all that and that was big and i actually i went back there down there after I graduated high school, I lived in a van for about a year down there. I was picking fruit. Oh, cool. Nice. Working with convicts and being a migrant worker and picked oranges. And Was it kind of a more like rural setting there in New Zealand? Or? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty rural country. There, at that time, there was three million people in the in the place, which – and most of them were in like the big two cities, yeah. Auckland and Wellington. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty rural. Um, and I felt pretty at home there. You know, it was just like, oh yeah, this is this is different, way different. But this is this feels this is wild enough to feel like home. Yeah, yeah. The pace and the yeah. type of work. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's, that was great. And <clears throat> I've been to I came home from that. And, uh, let's see, I lived down in Washington State for a little stint. My older brother lives out there, and uh, my parents live in Utah now. So I've kind yeah. of like have, I've kind of done been around the west a lot and 
did some traveling in Europe and worked on a bunch of different organic farms in Europe and mm. Estonia, you know, like I went to the Baltics, which are just a great place to go to. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. It's just those those are also places that were like, oh, this reminds me of Vermont. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, hey, bud, what's up? You know, and they're like. We're, we're all pretty similar. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. it's yeah, so yeah. cool. That's that. That's the thing about living here is, you, you know, but having escaped or whatever and go and see the world and come back and you're like, oh, yeah, people are just doing the same thing. So what was it that made you pick Vermont then as the place that you wanted to be and settle down? What's the call I get? Yeah. Um. Well, I had a, you know, I had a real attachment to just home, just the setting that I grew up in. I just I'm attached to the land. There is big. But I I like people are pretty laid back here um there's an endless supply of trees to cut <laughs> that's helpful for my my profession um i like winters i like a good uh, cold ass winter i like to shred so not um, this year not this year yeah <laughs> bit of a bummer, like, it's a bit of a bummer uh, thus far yeah but it's not over it's yet. It's not over yet. So I think it's going to go late. Yeah. Yeah. Until June, huh? I hope so. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Vermont just calls my name. I, I The colors, the hills. I just – I love the I love the forest composition, all the species that are going on. I love the people. I love dirt roads. Yeah. You know, hard to argue with a good dirt road. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it's where I want to – it's where I want to be. Every time I go somewhere else, I'm happy to be there, and I always come home, and I'm like, dang. This is the place for is, me. This is it. Yeah. This is it. <clears throat> so the speaking of the attachment to your land, what kind yeah. of things are you doing up there? You're growing a lot of oh, garlic. Man. You're planting peach trees. <laughs> you're, what do you got yeah. going on? We have kind of a never-ending layer of mayhem on our, <laughs> on our little funny farm. Uh, garlic has been our kind of staple cash crop. Been growing garlic steady for uh, selling it for ten years, anyways. Nice. Um, that's kind of, and it kind of keeps growing. Uh, we make maple syrup. We have a sugar house. We actually do it the old school way. We put out two hundred and thirty buckets. Mm. Cool. And uh, get the bucket brigade out every afternoon. Come springtime, that's uh, pretty fun. And do you have any thoughts on how this warm, warm weather is going to affect the uh, sugaring season? You know, because they were boiling like a week ago. <laughs> there's an early run. There's always like there's always those guys, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. who are like, you know, get their stuff tapped. Like January. By, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the old January thought. I mean, that's been happening for a long Ever, time, right, forever. forever. And so guys, people have been making sugar in December. Mm, but January is pretty, pretty regular. The warm stuff. These trees go to sleep. They're not dumb. Yeah. All right. Like they go into they go into their sleep and they're putting their reserves away. So they know when to wake up. And a lot of that has to do with length of day. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. yes, thing you know, it can get warm, things can thaw, but really those trees are waiting for enough sunlight to party. So gotcha. as those days get warm longer in late February, the trees are starting to think about it. So your question is totally realistic because yeah. you start going south of here, you know, Mass, Connecticut, uh, the people are making syrup in Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina. Sure. All of them have a season that's different than ours. It's mm-hmm. earlier, whatever. In time, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be our transition also. I yeah, think yeah. that our seasons are going to move and change a little bit. But I haven't seen like empirical evidence of that so far. But and also like these guys who are who are boiling in December, like they're on high vacuum. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. they're using technology. They're to tapping rip, forty thousand yeah. trees, and they're and, ripping yeah, yeah. sap out of these trees. And so, you know. you're not too worried about it. I mean, that's kind of reassuring. You think it's more more uh, in line with the length of day. We're still having the really short days. So, I a little part of me is worried about it. Okay. Um, one mostly because we do we're on buckets. So buckets, right. and I don't, I don't know what your audience knows about maple sugaring, and I don't know and how far them. I want to go. Enlighten them, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. So one of the one of the things that dictates how long a maple season is is bacteria growth. All right. And so there's what I'm talking about. Buckets. We hang galvanized pails on a tree. We drill a hole in the tree. It's a small hole. 
um, and we put a little spile in there and a hook, and you put your bucket on the tree. And when it warms up in the daytime, sap runs out. As that sap runs out, bacteria want to feed on the sugars. Um, bacteria enter the system, so you will. And so they'll start growing inside the tap hole that you have drilled. All right. Mm-hmm. So with buckets, generally those holes will close up in 30 to 40 days due to bacteria growth. Hmm. Systems like high vacuum systems and stuff, those are sealed systems. Yep. Right. Bacteria cannot enter those. And so those guys have a much wider window of sap collection. Ah. I'm really looking at the weather and looking at the calendar, looking at our records about when to tap. Mm-hmm. These guys are like, whatever, drill the holes in December. Doesn't they'll, matter. They'll be good until May. Yeah. And we're kind of like, ah, oh, we have a 30, 40 day window. Like, what's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, it's real warm early February. And it's like, nah, hold off. Let's see if end of February. So. There's all that stuff. So technologically speaking, like we're behind the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? And we're just because it's old school and we're trying to be traditional and like our syrup tastes great. And um, I would happily put it up against a taste test in any category. Totally. Any day of the week. Um, So I am worried a little bit about that. And mostly it's just like, you know, changing our system up and being like, well, now I'm going to be ready to tap beginning of February. Right. Whereas usually like the shit show is like – Oh my God, it's time to tap trees. Like where, where, where are my buckets? <laughs> yeah. And like all that stuff. So, you know. And so for, for, for using the bucket method, like yeah. how much are you producing? Are you, are you, are you selling a lot? Or? Um, we generally make ourselves um, between 60 and 80 gallons of syrup off of our buckets. And so that would That's be. That's awesome. It is awesome. Over a quart per tap usually and quart per tap of syrup Right. So each bucket is going to produce a quart of syrup once you boil it down. Right. It's kind of like the industry standard. If you're below that, then it's kind of like you're doing something wrong or your trees are not great. But we've taken a lot of time and kind of like really select our trees to have been able to be quite particular. You know, with buckets, it's cool because you can, oh, this tree doesn't, this tree doesn't give any sap mm-hmm. like ever. And other trees like the buckets will be overflowing mm-hmm. every day. And so you kind of, work it around and we're we tap trees in our neighborhood and a little bit down the road and stuff so i've been able to kind of like dial it in and find the trees that are running good and so i think that we have great trees sugar maple and red maples that produce lots of sap uh and actually we end up buying in some syrup from another producer too because we can't keep up with the demand for our syrup Um, we have some cool markets that we fulfill orders for and um and so we have another another in Vermont, you can uh, you can buy another sugar maker syrup, reheat it, package it, and you can call it your own. Hmm. That's a that's a legal thing to do, which is huh. kind of a wild yeah. thing. But you know, it happens all the time. The big producers are buying all the little guys sap and whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that do that. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, we found a guy that makes great syrup on a wood fired evaporator, and so we we try to support him also. Awesome. Keep up demand. Yeah. You're the tree guy. I've been called a tree guy. Yes. <laughs> I yes. other than uh, other than garlic and uh, oh wait, sugar I wanted and, to tell you another oh, yeah, thing yeah, on yeah. our farm. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we're growing pawpaws. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I think There's, and and we haven't had any fruit off these little doubles. Okay. But I got <laughs> one from someone else then yeah, last definitely. year, and like they're way out of zone here. Yeah. Um, but, Can you explain what a papa is? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> no. It's yeah. like a magical little fruit that exists in Ohio and Pennsylvania. The the word on the street is like the flavor is between a mango and a banana. Huh. And uh and I don't know if that's true or not, but it's uh it's kind of a funny fruit and it's kind of like what's the skin on it like? It's got like a like a it's like thicker than an apple. Okay. Thinner than a mango? Yeah, yeah. How's that? Okay. It's a weird. <laughs> I, I don't know if I liked it that much. I okay. wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah. Someone gave me one last year. Huh. It has big old seeds. Yeah. And, huh. yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, we're excited about that. Um, you know, we got cherries growing. We got a lot of peaches. Planted some apricots. Nice. Uh, pears, grapes, uh, kiwis, mm-hmm. hardy kiwis. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, it's on my pretty list. Pretty much like anything that'll grow. 
Zone six, we're kind of planting these days. And oh, we're wow. Like, we're like zone five if we're lucky. Yeah. And, but we have a nice southern exposure. And yeah. So we're pretty, we're, we're testing the waters. You know, if things are getting warmer, then we're going to be ready for it. Yeah. We're going to have some weird stuff growing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So sorry. I, no, I just, no. I wanted to share the totally. Fun, fun yeah. Pause. I, I want to get my hand on some pomegranates yeah, oh to boy. grow around here. Good luck. I yeah, you can. A, can yeah. you? Yeah, Russian pomegranates. Golly. Yeah. I don't like pomegranate. I mean, I what? like. I like the flavor. It's just so that so it's many a lot of seeds. Work. So much work. Right. Oh, man, yeah. So good. Like I, I'm into it if somebody hands me a bowl of pomegranate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, a bowl for of sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I like this stuff. And but if you're like, oh no, you got to peel it. I'm like, ah, I don't yeah. know about that. So uh, damn yeah. pomegranates. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So what uh, what got you into trees? What? Because you're also an arborist, ah, a logger. Yeah. Um, what started that adventure? Good old Riverbend Career and Technical Center. Mm-hmm. Shout out Oxbow High School, Bradford, Vermont. Um, I was in. I was pretty much a bit of a lost child. I don't. I don't know what I was into, but I ended up in this natural resources program over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 professor or teacher Tom Smith took a little shine into me and thought that I had a bit of a brain, <laughs> and he challenged me. And kind of got us, you know, kind of figured out what each kid in the class was up to. It was it was a small class, and this is five or six of us, and so you could really look inside of each kid and just say, okay, what trips this kid's trap? You know, like what's he into? And it, I think for me, I think it was trees. And he like, you know, I don't know if he was out teaching us tree names or tree identification or whatever, but he must have saw my eyes light up a little bit, and so then off it went, and um. He introduced us to uh, some arborist practices. Like he had us climbing trees with ropes in class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got like our little chainsaw certifications, safety certifications and stuff. And that was – so 16 years old. Um, do they still – they, do they still do that? They do still that's do that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean like that's – Props to those teachers, Agreed, man, because, right? like, that's taking on a lot of risk to take teenagers out in the Here's woods. Here's a chainsaw, and, Here's a chainsaw, get up in this <laughs> yeah. tree. Um, yeah. Riverbend that was such an awesome thing. It yes. is awesome. Shout out to Riverbend. Oh, I man. went there as well. So it's what a great program. I, I think it's just, like, the most under – Vocational loved yeah. Vocational schools should be all there is. You know, there should be a couple, like, regular schools. But, like, <laughs> find out what, what yeah. excites these kids. It's not algebra. Because <laughs> uh, that wasn't my thing, and so anyway, so he kind of <laughs> yeah. guided me down this path of treeism, and and then I ended up after high school, after I took some time away to explore the world, I went to Paul Smith's College in the Adirondacks, in New York, and mm-hmm. learned a lot more about tree stuff. Um, I actually got a degree in arboriculture, which is arborisms, and then uh, continued on and got a degree in forestry, and it just. I ju- it just got me going. Like I just I'm into the whole cycle. I like to sprout trees. I like to plant them. I like to prune them, and then I like to cut them down. Mm. And it's just been that's just kind of been how my my little world has gone. And that's my work around this area is tree stuff. Um, I've been logging. I've been doing that stuff for a while. Uh, I really enjoy that. I like talking to people about their trees. Sometimes depends on the human. <laughs> um, but I had to, uh, the non-licensed forester was just like a funny thing. Like you can't come on here and be like, I'm a forester because like in the state of Vermont now you have to go through a certification Got and pass it, yeah. a test. And it's been long enough since college. I don't know if I could pass that test anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm like now the Bradford tree warden, which is pretty hilarious. Um, what, what, what are the responsibilities of a town tree warden? Still trying to figure that out. Okay. Todd. Fair enough. <laughs> but hey, I've been we're both for a couple the, years. We're so, both on yeah. the conservation commission yeah. and it, where it's, I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is a duty we have. It's a thing. I'm barely on the <laughs> yeah. commission. I hear you though. Um, much longer. Uh, here's you know, a, I deal with like yeah. trees in the parks uh, yep. and the public. Really, it's like the public right away um, that the town maintains. Mostly it's supposed to be planted trees trees that were planted um in the public right away are my responsibility but it seemed to have morphed into like 
any tree that's in the public <laughs> right of way. Okay. So, yeah. so we're kind of dealing with like the emerald ash borer stuff, ah, kind of sure. like making making schemes about that and taking getting trees cut down that are threatening stuff and stuff. And yep. If if two neighbors might have a dispute over a tree, they might call me. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. What's your emerald ash borer question? Oh, I just wanted to. You know, ask you're the you're a tree guy. Like, yeah. what what's your opinion on that? Like, what do you think should be done? Or I think you just let it sort itself out and sort of take care of the trees that could cause a problem in the the right of way or whatever. Yeah, that's like I'm I'm a little bit more hands off sometimes, I but if they don't start spraying chemicals and shit I don't everywhere. think that's gonna happen. Good, that's, good it's good. actually like. There are treatments for against emerald ash borer, and it, and it actually they they drill little holes in the tree and they put needles. Are you in talking like, about the tree vaccine? Yeah, trees, I, trees can be vaxxed, man. They told know. us about, and it's uh, I think Dartmouth developed it, and I think it's massively expensive. Yeah, what it costs for what they're shooting yeah. into one tree, but it's super effective, super safe yeah. and effective. Yeah, it's um, not pesticides. It's not <laughs> solid. Gross shit. So. Yeah. So there. Yeah. There's. In my opinion, it's like if a tree has a target, mm-hmm. be it a power line, be it a house, be it a sidewalk, be it any of that stuff, um, it should be dealt with, and probably in this case, it should be taken down. Um, I do encourage people if they have an ash tree that they love, if or if they have a big special healthy ash tree, they should look into getting a safe and effective vaccination for their tree. Odd <laughs> uh, <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a it's a it's an inevitable thing that's happening. If you've driven through the Midwest, the upper Midwest, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, you can see hillsides that are just dead. You know, that those stands might have been 80% ash and they're they're just dead. They're crispy stone dead. Wow. So it's coming. Yeah. Luckily here, like our forest, the composition is not – maybe it's 10% ash in certain places. Yeah. So the composition is – unless there's pockets where there's – you know, it'll be a dense population. But mostly it's it's inevitable. They say 99.9 something percent of the trees are going to succumb to it. Um, if a landowner has ash in their forest, in their woodlot – Generally, we are on the side of like capture the value of that tree while you can. Gotcha. Um, you know, if it's a little thing, it's like, all right, you know, let it be. Let it yeah. do its thing. But if, you know, if you got a woodlot full of valuable timber that, you know, could be worth a considerable sum of money and it's and it's good ash, it's like you, you should probably look into getting some harvest done. Um, Who do I call for that? Do I call you? Yeah, you call me, bud. Because I got a lot of ash. Yeah. Take a look at your yeah, ash. I'm still, yeah, we got to do that forest yeah. walk. Sometime. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do that forest walk. Yeah. When I can't remember <laughs> who we, we talked about this with, it was maybe Carl, it was maybe Matt Nola, um, but we were talking about um, how forested Vermont is and how there was a long period of time where it actually wasn't that way. How recent. It was the opposite of what it is. Now. Yeah. How like recent. 20% forested. Or all of those plant, yeah. those trees were. And you know, the logging operations, the log uh, drive down the Connecticut River and all that cool stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing to think about what Vermont looked like not so long ago. That's one of the amazing that's one of the joys about working in the woods too yeah. is you come upon in you know you're out in the the hill somewhere you know like you don't you're like I'm no human has ever been here before <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like oh there's a foundation from a house right there yeah, or whatever foundation, and you know, giant stumps uh, yeah, yeah giant yeah. stump massive stone wall and it's just like oh my goodness this this has such a richer history than meets our eyes. And yeah, these yeah. trees grow so fast here. Yeah, we have yeah. good soils, incredible amount of precipitation, a really nice, like a, a long growing season as far as it goes. And trees are growing. It's, yeah. It's, it's incredible. So. Trees I, rule. Trees do rule. Yeah. <laughs> when we're gone, they're going to be here. Yeah, That's all there is to it. Big tree advocates on this show. Totally. Yeah, trees yeah, are the yeah. best. They are. Uh, if you were a tree, what would you be? Oh, my goodness gracious. I know. I like asking people this question. I think I'd like to be a white pine because oh, wow. I get the tallest in, around here. Around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just out with the Redwoods uh, a month ago, and it was like, as big it's as like this pretty, room. pretty overwhelming to be like, oh, yeah, I want to be a Redwood. And I'm like, gosh, that's. 
that's a big job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> so I'll, st- I'll stay at East Coast standards that I want to be a big white pine mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and live for three or 400 years. Did you ever <laughs> listen to that band Rush, bud? Like the Canadian band? Yeah. Rush? Sure. The, you know, that's, one of the best bands. That song, The Trees. Mm. There is trouble in the forest. There is trouble with the trees. <laughs> play it. Hell yeah. I don't yeah, I probably don't even have the, the rights to just have done no, that. No, you don't. No, yeah, we're no. getting sued by Getty that. Lee's, Lee's coming, coming after yeah. you. Uh, yeah, the Canadian government's probably <laughs> going to good luck Canada. <laughs> Rush rules too. So, you know, what's what's a what's a day in the life for oh, you? Man. My life is a circus. <laughs> um and every day is different. I've recently taken a little change course i've been, i worked for a, a pretty big logging outfit for about 10 years and i've parted ways with that company and so my days have become slightly less structured than they were um but i run a kind of i run a tree service uh, myself um i also i have a sawmill and i'm like a contract cutter for other loggers so i'm kind of like a mercenary mm. I'm like a chainsaw mercenary <laughs> um so my days it can be anywhere from like Working a couple miles down the road for a first thing you first, know, you wake up, you make some nasty some ass oatmeal, ball or oatmeal. <laughs> get your get your we got a we got a can this or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> open a can of open Just, a can of oh, garlic, garlic and coconut. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> Where am I? Uh, yeah. So some some days I'm working in people's yards, uh, doing kind of like very delicate tree removal stuff. Other days I'm out in the woods with my earmuffs on, swearing a lot. Uh, other days, like we have this little guy at home right now, so I've been really, really privileged enough to take time and and spend time with him, which has been like just amazing. Uh, trying to support Amanda through that because it's a trip. Um, so my every day is different, man. I am. Uh, it's I have more variety in my life. I mean, here I am on a Monday morning. Like, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a weird, like, time to... a weird time to be here. But yeah, yeah, I, I, every day is different. That's yeah. all I can tell you. Has Has Amanda been off of work with the little guy? Yeah, she has. She's yeah. she's taking time doing that, and and I shouldn't say she's off of work, but right. I, let me tell you, yeah, that's the heaviest job in the world. And she's not working with sawmill Nick. Is she's I not, guess no, what I she's meant. Not, she's not banging nails, buddy. <laughs> um, I remember building that barn with her. Yeah. And, yeah she, oh, yeah. I'm, I think she was like six or seven months pregnant. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, are you allowed to be up on this yeah, ladder? We were just like climbing yeah. ladders yeah. and, you know, hoisting these logs and stuff. She's hardcore. Yeah. She's, she's, she's hardcore. like missing that stuff too, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. she's going to get back get back into that as soon as uh, as soon as – we kind of figure out a alternative route and different schedules for everybody and she'll be back at it. But yeah, that's kind of, and, but she also like runs our business too from home borderline tree work. She kind of, she does all that, all most of the canning of our syrup. She does most of the deliveries for where that stuff is going. Um, garlic stuff. She puts together all of the mailing lists and like deals with all the BS, all people ordering stuff and explaining different varieties. She does this bear grease thing is her racket, you know. So she's got a lot going on too. And, and gardening, you know, we garden at yeah. home like mad and we grow a lot of food. And I'd say we probably could just work at home full time if that was how things were lined up to be. But that's not where we're at yet. Soon enough, hopefully, though. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. leave home. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I don't have any other uh, questions for Ben. Do you want to play some games? Yeah, hit me. I'm a game freak. End it with some Vermonty stuff. So you think you're a Vermonter? Sir, it's a recommended uh, Vermont day trip. Oh gosh, getting out of Bradford. Getting just, out of uh, Bradford. Cool place to go. Cool place to drive to. Uh, I've recently discovered the potholes up in Waterbury, uh, Bolton, the Bolton. Oh potholes. yeah, Bolton Valley. Yeah. By golly. Okay. Pretty cool geologic feature with some real cold mountain water coming down. Totally. And a uh, pretty good place to cool off. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I didn't just 
blow up my spot. <laughs> uh, that's that's a real cool spot, though. That's kind of one of my favorite just real cold – like the coldest – like cold water that takes your breath away. Yeah, yeah. I won't give away my secret swim spot in Cookville. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a good one, you know. Um, I like just cruising around, man. I just we go for, just go for a drive, get some ice cream somewhere. Newberry General Store ice cream is good. Oh, God, I love that. I, that's S- my sitting favorite. there. Look at the view over the river. Great view there. Right? Great Unreal. creamy there. Yeah, they changed their hours last summer, which really bummed me out. Mm. We, uh, I think, I don't know if it was last summer, or the summer before, but <laughs> the girl behind the counter, she's like. You, you guys uh, come in here a lot. And I was like, well, what do you, you know, what does that mean? She was like, I I think there's only one other person who comes here more than you. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, we're we're vying for the winners oh. of who eats the most ice cream in the town of Newberry. Big deal. <laughs> Big deal, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, we're frequent flyers over at the Newberry General Store. Yeah. Yeah. The Phoenix Flurries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What's on uh, your Vermont bucket list? Place you haven't been to? Hey, can we back up yeah. one second? Yeah, back the train. You ever have any of those baked goods? Any of those sweet pastries at the Newberry General Store? Whoever is doing their baked goods there is like on point. Uh huh. Holy cow! I've heard they're good. Yeah, it's like if you're in the area and you're you're listening, it's worth checking I think out. The some lady of the stuff that owns the there. store was a pastry chef. And actually, my friend Larissa works back there, and I know she concocts a lot of those things. So I'm not talking like, you know, you can get up front by the register. They have like, you know, like the cinnamon rolls and the donuts that are individually saran wrapped and stuff. But you go to the back of the store by the beer and they have like a cold counter where their deli is. And that little display case is full of like – some incredible like puff pastries and just crazy looking things. Kind of like stuff you don't expect to see in a general store. You're like, where where those eclairs come from? Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it looks yeah. yeah, they it looks like French yeah. bakery. Yeah, like, I think fancy. It's pretty baller, shit. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, I it's just good. it's good. I'm great a pastry store, guy yeah. and I had to It's a know, great general store. Yeah. What was the question? What's on your <laughs> Vermont bucket list? Place you haven't been to, thing you haven't done. You know, I I would like to experience a little bit more of the long trail. Yeah. Um, I experienced a small section for a few days once upon a time. And I'm not that into hiking or anything like that, but I do like being alone out in the woods. And there's and, a lot uh, of trees. There's so. a lot of trees on that trail. So that's kind of always been on my bucket list. And maybe one day when I'm when I'm old. I can go leisurely hike the long trail. I don't want to be in a rush, right? Like that's the thing about that through through hiking long distance stuff is like there's a hard date on either end. Yeah, don't do it like that. I just want to have the the time, the freedom just to be like, nah, I want to go do this. And however long it takes me is however long it takes me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They call it the big green tunnel. (laughs) Nice. Because you're just walking through a green tunnel, man. There's not a lot of views. You're just walking (laughs) through trees the whole time. Yeah. It's good. It's a good one. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of walking through the woods, you have a favorite forest walk, boy, or a type of uh, type of walk. I'm a bushwhacker, man. Okay. Um, I'm vicious. I like to go through the thick shit and just kind of like go to the places where you're following deer trails, mm-hmm. and the deer they know where it's at, and so I like following little deer tunnels. Mm-hmm. And seeing where that opens up into, and I'm not gonna give away anything, no, 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 no. but um, that's always my go-to. Is and I've I've been doing a lot of exploration with a baby on my back too, and so that kid's got a taste for getting whipped in the face with some hardwoods. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, why is the baby crying? Oh, I because I just like smacked him with a birch branch. Uh, but that's kind of my jam is just like getting off the trail too, and and really. Just following nature around a little bit and seeing where it leads me. I always find cool treasures and, yeah, yeah. you know, just and, – and in my own neighborhood, I like to just go out the door and just go. And with a baby on your back, I think you're allowed to trespass. I don't know if that's a state <laughs> law or not. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I kind of just run it. Like who's going to get mad at you if you're carrying a baby, right? Yeah. So that's my go-to. It's just like bushwhacking. Here's an out- outdoorsy question for you and uh, 
I like to follow those trails too. I have a beagle. And so he's, mm. you know, he's on, on that smell. We're walking through a lot of those trails and, and you've got a little like fleshy child on your back too. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, you know, spending most of your day out outside, like uh, for tick protection. Cause now even in the colder months that yeah. aren't as cold, they're not gone. Those little bastards. They're still out there. Some people I know, some people, they just don't get on. And I would love to be one of those people. But I think I'm you not. have to uh, eat enough raw garlic for breakfast, bud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are they, they leave you alone for the most part? Uh, I don't. Okay. I have a couple different takes on ticks. Sure. And, uh, I've had, I had a pretty bad bout of Lyme a few years ago, which really set me straight. Yeah. But they're nothing to mess with. No, they sure um, aren't. Yeah. But I also don't take any precautions against them. Okay. I just do due diligence at the end of the adventure and yep. um check yeah, where you got to check where you got to check, ask your friend to check where you got to check. Yep. Uh one of the things that I have noticed is that whenever I'm running a chainsaw, I do not get ticks. I don't know if it's a vibration mm-hmm. or something about it. But I, I literally have never picked up a tick with a saw running. Hmm. When you're – sure, you put down your stuff, you shut your saw off, you shut your – you know, go tromp through the thick brushy whatever to get to wherever. You might look down and be like, oh, yeah, there's a tick there. I wonder if it's the exhaust. It could be. I don't yeah. know. It's a bit of a mystery, but huh. I'm kind of like – More exhaust. That's not – Yeah. It's <laughs> not what we yeah, I don't know. But I, I'm – I always just check. And actually, one of the things that I do when I'm out tromping around in the summertime is I don't wear pants. I wear shorts. Shorts. Sure. Yeah, I like yeah. to feel those little bastards. Yeah. Um, easy to see them. Easy you know? to see them. And yeah. I think people who are bundled up with all these layers tucked into layers. Got and, their socks over yeah. their pants. And, I'm yeah. like, you're never going to feel a tick. You're nope. never going to find it. It could be anywhere. And so I just am like, oh, well, I think with the baby, I think it's going to be like, well, this kid's not even wearing clothes. So ticks are pretty easy to find on him. Just yeah, got to yeah. check a couple key spots. Yeah. Cool. I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to ask. No, good yeah. question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing to mess around with. For sure. You get bit by a tick, you get that checked out, man. Last question. Yeah. If you were the ruler of Vermont, what would you do? Well, first thing I would do. One thing. It doesn't matter. It can, can be a couple things. Well, <laughs> the, I just, I've had a hair across my ass about this for quite a while. Perfect. But I would ban the use of salt on our roads. Okay. Immediately. Mm. Good. I've had enough rusty junk. Mm-hmm. It's bad for the trees along the roadways. It's bad for our water systems. I think it's a waste of our resources. Mm-hmm. Like we have sand. It's right. in lots of places. Like let's use that. Like we're buying salt that gets trucked in on boats and stuff. A like, lot of it comes from the Caribbean. Dude. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not Isn't into that it. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I'm not into that it. That is like, wild. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? It's so yeah. people can drive fast. And yeah. and that's that's where I'm at. All right. Part I love that answer. I really like that as well. And if and I ever get more into, sand and slow the and f s- down, slow, yeah. yeah, slow the fuck down. Yeah, come on. Yeah, if I get into government, that is the fir- that's where I'm going. <laughs> if I catch old Phil Scott on the sidewalk, I'm gonna let him know. I gotta break in here. Hit it, old Phil Scott. You got a bone to pick with him? It's more of a concern. He'll be here next Monday, I believe. Not here in the studio with on us on your program. No, he'll be. Here, here at, at the, the space, space I think oh, you should. Brad, I think you I should think real Vermont, Phil Scott, in, in Bradford. Yeah, how do we how do we manage that, Phil? Why don't you come down? Here? I guess we could try. I yeah. bet you could. I'll ask yeah. Monique. Exactly. I, I'm going to double check with you in case we have to edit this out. But <laughs> uh-huh. I'm fairly confident he's going to be here at the space or somewhere in Bradford. Okay, because he's doing something on like, hey, what does Orange County need? You know, it's like a wow. or- he's doing an Orange County check-in. Yeah, thing. and I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. And I hope I hope some meaningful stuff comes out of that. I'm that's that's my that's my beef. Stop salting. Stop it. That's Stop a great it. answer. Stop great it. answer. Yeah. Like my truck fall is falling apart yeah. and my exhaust is is Hanging by a thread. We don't uh, need that. Our trying, old ass vehicles. Trying don't to need fix that. my old Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah. Get that back on the road. Brought it down. Uh, shout out to my buddy Jonathan for helping me out. Put it on the lift, and he's like, "Oh yeah, look at your exhaust. It is attached to by like one piece." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's why it sounds funny yeah. and kind of smells like uh-huh. gas inside." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, salty roads. Yep. It's horrible. And it's like they're just putting more on the roads. It's not like anybody – I don't. It, to, to me, it does not seem like anybody is like, oh, yeah, we should use less. It's like, no, they're like 
put more on, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately. I'm going to bring this up at town meeting. Please. Yeah. I'm going to bring it up at Bradford town meeting, and it will go nowhere. It will get nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to Joe about it up in Corinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It's a serious issue, and, yeah. and it's expensive. Think about how much money people spend to fix their rusty junk. Oh, like, yeah. You're, you're talking double the labor, too. Our resources mm-hmm. just don't need to be going to that. That's my – yeah. Hey, off amen. my soapbox amen ah, this is a good this is the vermont soapbox show yeah this is get about, up on it it's a good vermont issue yeah that's what i got i'm not i, don't, I have other issues but that's that's the only one i need to talk about <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> so you think you're a vermonter <laughs> all right you're up yeah we're playing a game so i told ben when he got here this is probably one of the most convoluted games i've come up with so far yeah, okay. i mean if you just hear dead silence on this side <laughs> it just means my brain is like hiding in the back of my skull okay ben you like to do any uh shopping on uh craigslist i do in fact enjoy a good craigslist uh peruse well this took me so long to put together this is a little <laughs> game that i prepared called The Price is Wright's Mountain. Mountain. Oh, hell yeah. So what I did was I did a lot of searching for Vermont items on Craigslist in our local area. Uh, There's four rounds. First round here. Let me hand you this printout. This is going to be on the website. Okay. Three of these items cost $25. One of these items costs $45. Uh, I'm going to read a little description of these items for the audio podcast, and you're going to tell me which one of these items cost $45. The other three are $25. (laughs) This is the most convoluted. So we have a Vermont-made 1920s egg beater, uh, manually operated egg beater, 1920s made uh, from the Edland Kitchen Equipment Company. You said 25 or 45 is the, okay, okay. Three of the items are 25. Mm. One is more expensive. Okay, I'm going to have to take a peek. At yeah, take a peek. You've got a vintage Vermont bicentennial Freedom and Unity belt buckle. Ooh, I'd buy that for 50 bucks. This right, is that's, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Number 299 out of 2,500 that were commissioned by the Vermont State Bicentennial Commission. I need that. Oh, wait. So that one was made in like uh, 1991, around about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Then you've got the Vermont Reds baseball cards. So oh, this cool. was news to me. I did not know that we had a minor league baseball team, the Vermont Reds. They were a minor league team for the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> so this is a set of 1987 baseball cards from the Vermont Reds. Okay. Or you have a vintage fur ferret cap. <laughs> Can be worn by women or man. Excellent condition, clean from a non-smoking home. Wow. Which one of these items is is more expensive? $25 or $40? So, yeah, three of the items are 25. 25. One item is 45. Which one is $45? Uh, I'm going to go for ferret cap for $45. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, You say the baseball cards. Really? I wish I could see or the that names belt on those It's the belt yeah. buckle. I'd oh. pay 45 for that belt buckle. Even though it's not even old? It's a cool-ass belt buckle. Right. I mean, that's almost 30 years old. Like, I think as we're getting older, we forget that. <laughs> like, we need to get back into belt buckles. Like, All right. Hell yeah. I need All a right. belt buckle. I've got a dope. It was my dad's uh, 18-wheeler belt buckle. Oh, man. Why aren't you sporting a belt buckle, dude? Are you All ready right. for yeah, round ready two for round here? Two. Yeah, I mean round one okay. was that's that's cool. And now I got a feel for it. Now I... so three <laughs> of these items were listed for fifty dollars. One of these items is listed for one hundred dollars. Wow. So what we have here, we have a vintage antique Vermont license plate pair, uh, number three ninety, right? Uh, good overall condition. We have a vintage 1999 Vermont teddy bear. That's crazy that 99 is considered vintage. Crazy. Is crazy. that real? Again, that's that like real? 20, over 20 years that's old so now. 25 years. Almost that's the definition years. of vintage is 20, oh, 20 years knows? plus? Like what? I think on a vehicle it's 30. Yeah, I thought mm. so too. So, all right. Any, I'll well, let it slide. Yes. We'll let it slide. Okay. Vintage yeah. Vermont teddy bear with party hat, party favor, bow tie, and bouquet of roses. You have the Ethan and Ira Allen collected works, so three volumes mm. of uh, of books, green cloth bindings, a wonderful piece of Vermont history, uh, and two of our most famous historic men. Very nice set of Vermont history books, new condition. And we have here an antique glass bong. <laughs> 
uh, from Rutland, available in Rutland. I have an nice. antique glass bong for sale. Uh, best offer, cash only, local only. I did reach out to the sellers. Uh, <laughs> no comment here on this one as of yet. So <clears throat> three right. of these items are $50. One is $100. Okay. I got a series, yeah. I'm going to go license plates for $100. <laughs> um, but the bong is really nice. How can you tell in that picture? <laughs> these pictures are all going to be available yeah. on our website okay, if you cool, want to cool. want to see these. Yeah, man, antique books can be pretty expensive. Yeah, but look, it says new conditions. It's just under a hundred dollars. Like you can't sell it a hundred dollars. It was in ninety two. It was a hundred dollars. Mm. It can't be a hundred dollars in twenty twenty three. I mean, things do go up I in guess. value sometimes i already made my choice it's it's the license plates for 100 bucks that's that is incorrect i'm a sucker for things like that wow so far i'm not very good at this game ravi any guesses uh i'm gonna go well let's see the teddy bear it was probably back when they were still made in vermont uh because uh vermont teddy bear not made in vermont oh they're not made here anymore. made in china um (laughs) jeez uh i'm gonna go with the books Incorrect. <sighs> it's the bong. <laughs> Should have known. The hundred dollars antique used bong. bong. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Read the ad though. Read the bong. I ad. have an antique glass bong for sale. Like one hundred dollars. Like one hundred dollars for it. I or what? Those yeah, but I had to those? edit all of these. Probably or best offer. Or best offer. Yeah. Best yeah. offer. Yeah. Cash only. Local right. only. It's like a nice sort of. It looks. It looks chrome green. Yeah. Probably. Horrible it's to inhale out of, you know. It's probably like <laughs> leaded glass or something. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I was worried about this game being a little too long. Let's move on to the third round here. <laughs> these items, three of these items are one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. One of these items is two hundred dollars. This okay. is some cool shit here. Okay, we have three vintage Vermont Sled Company cow stools. So these uh, were made in 1984 at the Vermont Sled Co. in Moncton, Vermont. Man. So you've got three of those. You have the original sign from the Lincoln Inn in Essex, Vermont. Oh, cool. Pretty awesome. Also comes with a parking sign. So you get those two signs there. Wow. You have a collection of 190 issues of the Vermont Life magazine Mm -hmm. from 1947 (laughs) to 1995. Your last one. With the exception of the autumn 1994 issue. And you have the DVD complete series of Seinfeld DVD sets, brand new sealed in box 32 DVD set, um, 180 episodes, bonus disc featuring the exciting reunion of the entire cast. Plus Larry David from the anniversary series finale. All of these items are $150 except for one is worth a little bit more. I think they're all just worth that much money. A lot um, of winners. Those there. stools are cool. Yeah, they I are. Like those. I'm gonna they go- also those stools. They have a. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. They have a pink painted udder underneath the Ooh, stool. There. I did not. See oh that. wow, that yeah. might change my choice. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, a good goodness. thing I'm not like a millionaire, <laughs> right? You'd because have all these I would things. have a barn yeah. just full of. Yeah. My my barn would be like that. Uh, that museum it, by the airport and post mills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What's it, is it the unusual things? Yes. Is that what Whatever that it? place. Yeah. It would, I just yeah. have a barn full yeah. of shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I are looking at different things on Craigslist, first of all. Um, but I think the most valuable thing there is clearly the original wooden sign from the Lincoln mm. Inn. Nice. I'm sorry yeah, to see, tell I you. I suck at this game. That's just how it is. That the item valued at two hundred dollars is the vintage Vermont sled cow stools. Nice. Those are cool Fair stools. Enough. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to talk them down to one fifty. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You know, but uh, one last round here. Yeah, Final round. The these are the big here. money items here. All of these items are two hundred and fifty dollars listed for two fifty on Craigslist. One of these items is listed for four hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. What we have here, (laughs) this is insane to me that this is being asked $250 for Vermont, a Vermont strong license plate. They have brand new original Vermont strong license plates in the original packaging. These are not only extremely rare to come by, but they are collector's items at this point, according to this seller on Craigslist. 
Well, they are only going up in value, according to the seller well, on Craigslist. What did those come from? Why, what was was that Irene? I think they were they, after Irene. The, it I says wasn't here, in Vermont when it happened. They were yeah. sold to benefit Hurricane Irene mm. right? huh. recovery yeah. efforts. So you still see them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you see them all the time. You see them all the time. You know yeah. what's really rare is the the bicentennial lic- mm. license plates. Those are cool. I had a chance to buy one. What does so. that have on it? Uh, I don't remember exactly what's on it, but it just says like uh, it's like got some picturesque churchy buildings I mean, in yeah, it. Like yeah. a, and then it says yeah, seventeen whatever to nineteen. Our green plate is just so. Perfect. It's the best. We the way the best it is. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, anyway, next up we have the Tubbs snowshoe chair, vintage wow. from the 1950s. So this is a vi- vintage snowshoe chair with rawhide lacing. Similar chairs are also known as Vermont Tubbs chairs after the snowshoe designer, which is interesting. Cool chair. And then you have a Cobble Mountain Summit chair hammock swing wow. made by past guests of the show, Gordon and Nancy. Our good bud Ravi here could have made this chair. Possibly. Wow. Possibly. Uh, I did make some hammocks for a while. So this is brand new in the box being sold for less than half the price. Then we have an upcycled, this is so Vermonty, an upcycled repurposed ski bench. So this is a handmade indoor-outdoor bench made with repurposed skis mm-hmm. and cast iron legs. Wow. Yeah, 100% recycled, upcycled. One of these items is 450 The rest are all $250. The, uh, the Cobble Mountain chair is the expensive one. That's, those that's, guys are ballers. That's the, they, that's the steel on there. For yeah. Sure. That is absolutely the steel there, but that is a steal at $250. Wow. Go scoop yourself. Go get it. Get yeah. it. Go get it. One of these items, it's it, – I'll tell you. The chair? It's the tubs chair. Yeah. It's the tubs I chair. I a feeling. I got to break back in. Uh, past guests of the show, Nancy Gordon, they're retired. They are retired from Cobble Mountain Hammock. Sold They're, it. Sold it, bud. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So congrats yeah. to them. Congrats, for Gordon being, and Nancy. Uh, for yeah. being retired. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. living living the good life now. Awesome. I think they're good stoked. for them. Yeah. yeah. They're, they were stoked rule. for them. They're the best. Yeah. Well, that was the Price is Right's Mountain. That was, was cool. That was <laughs> good. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll do it again it. because it took so much work together. <laughs> Well, Ben. Well, that was the full Vermont podcast. <laughs> How do you want to end it? End it however you want. Anything you want to shout Anything out? Anything you want to shout out? Where plug, can people find you? Uh, a poem. People from can memory, find me whatever. up on Rogers Hill. No, um, <laughs> it, we're borderlinetreeworks.com is what we got going on, and it's a kind of an antiquated website, but you get the feel for what's happening, and it's just nice to be here. I'm thankful that you guys have a show in a dungeon that uh people are listening to it's great thank you for having me yeah Yeah, thanks for coming on with us and we should uh all all work harder for world peace totally okay world peace and bear grease (laughs) and no more salt no more salt (laughs) stop assaulting roads (laughs) all right well everyone thanks again for listening we appreciate it and we will see you next week Bye. bye For more information, to sponsor an episode, or to ask us or our guests any questions, feel free to reach out by emailing us at thefullvermontipod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at thefullvermonti. If you'd like to help support the show, please consider making a donation on our Support the Show tab at thefullvermonti.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to this show. And if you'd be so kind, leave us a five-star review.